Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zockey. And welcome to another edition of the Final Inspection Show. I'm Steve Zotke, along with the Polish Pipe Bomb, Jeff Arlowski. And I'd like to thank our friends at Great Lakes Dragway. Don't forget, they are open today. Uh, as it says on their Facebook page, which you can always check out to see when they're going to be open or closed. Uh, they are open today. As it says, the weather is on our side. It is crisp, but the drag strip is fast. So make sure get out to Great Lakes Dragway today. It's sunny. It's not a bad day, Jeff. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, a little bit chilly, but, uh, you know, it, uh, it's at least bright outside. The sun is trying to make this an appearance. And, uh, yeah, definitely a good day to be at Great Lakes. As, as, a, as a lot of us are uh, working from home, it, it's interesting, uh, especially the last couple days. It was so dark, and we, we haven't kicked in a daylight savings time. So, I, I, you know, I start work, you know, 8 o'clock on my day job, but um, I usually, uh, you know, it, it, I get in my my home office here, you know, if, you know, like 10 minutes before. I It's dark. I turn off all the lights because I'm going to be in my office. So the kitchen, living room, you know, the, the, the stuff, I, I turn off the lights and it's like, wow, it's like night. <laughs> it's really, really dark. Yeah, so well, it, it's good to the see daylight the sun. savings. You know, we're about to fall back here pretty soon, so uh, you know, you might get a few rays of light in the morning and then it'll just be dark at one o'clock. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so it's certainly a, a lot of a lot of stuff, of course, happening in the world of sports in Wisconsin, also in the world of auto racing, too. Just a chock full of stuff today, and uh, I guess the big news, of course. Uh, Jeff, as Chase Elliott announced, he's taking a break from social media. That's the headline. <laughs> okay. Don't, <laughs> I just got a kick out of that. You know, I, I mean, for one thing, Chase Elliott isn't, he doesn't do a lot on, on social media to begin with. So it's interesting. I think when he, what, what he means is I, I, I'm not going to be looking at Twitter that much or, or Facebook or Instagram that much. Much. I'm kind of sick of the noise, and you know, I I, th- I think that's one of the things that it, it, it's it's interesting, especially with election season and everything that's going on. You got you know football, college football. You got rock. 
Oh, everything is good. Um, you know, we've got a big playoff race at uh, down in Texas going on. Uh, Xfinity Series today, Trucks and Cup tomorrow, running a doubleheader on a Sunday. Got to love that. You get the IndyCar finale at St. Pete tomorrow as well. So tons going on in racing, which is what I think Steve was trying to say before uh he either electrocuted himself or uh yeah, or my, I, I know, hope not some, yeah i hope not too uh but uh you know we'll uh we'll keep going here we had a big uh big win from joey logano at kansas last week and um you know it was the opening opening race in in this uh third round of the playoffs here the final eight so Logano punches his ticket to Phoenix. That was Joey Logano's first win since the COVID break early in the season. And his, uh, the win before Kansas was at Phoenix. So you have to sit there and uh, Joey's got to be just a serious contender when it gets down to the championship race. Now, uh, if you want to talk a little bit about the Kansas race, I thought, that the first third or, you know, maybe the first half of the race was, was pretty decent. And then the whole race went to hell. You had the final four, uh, 40 laps, Joey Logano in the lead, his pit crew got him out before Kevin Harvick on a late pit stop, 40 laps to go. Kevin Harvick is right behind Joey Logano and battling for the lead. And for the next 40 laps in a row, Joey or Kevin Harvick would get to Logano's back bumper. And then since NASCAR has gone uh, so far to the aero side where, uh, you know, the aerodynamics are so important. Every time that he would get to the back bumper and it looked like he was going to sit there and put a serious challenge on him. He would quote unquote hit the dirty air and you'd see him fall back You'd take him a couple uh, more laps to catch up. And then the same damn thing would happen. It was like an accordion. It drove me nuts. I think we got Steve Zaki back. Steve, what were your uh, thoughts on that last 40 lap long? For me, it was like a long nightmare that would not end. It's incredible, and you know it's funny, you know. And Dennis Michelson, who we're going to have on the second half of this hour, is has spoken about it too. Uh, there, there's no criticism from the quote-unquote NASCAR media. In fact, if you if you watch some of the talking head shows during the week, they were celebrating it. Oh, what a great job that TJ Majors had! Wow, that was really neat how they did that. It's awful. It's bad racing. The racing. You know, I don't remember Richard Petty, David Pearson, or, or you know, thanking the guy that's on top of the bleachers. I, I want to see the guys, you know, guys win the race on the track, not some guy up in the bleachers somewhere talking about where he, where the driver needs to put the car. It's disgusting. It, it, this is not where this sport needs to go. This is why you're having all these road courses, and I understand they're, 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 the cars apparently cannot be fixed. That's why we're going to that Gen 8 car in 2022. 
Penske was pushing for it to come out next year, which they looked like they were on the, on the way to doing. But you know, the COVID, the pandemic, and everything, and, and and the economics just don't work. But you can see this at tracks like Michigan and especially Kansas last week. It's horrible racing. It, it, it's just I, I mean, I'm sweet. What what's the one term? And it's across the sport. It's not just NASCAR. It's IndyCar. It's Formula One too. The word, I mean, fans cringe when they hear that term, dirty air, Jeff. Yeah, and they should because, you know, I understand how drafting plays a role at uh, Daytona, at Talladega, at, you know, uh, super quick tracks, Atlanta, probably Texas, stuff like that. That's fine. But when you're sitting there and you hear about aero being important at tracks like Bristol and short tracks, it just it boggles your mind and it just sits there. It takes away, like you said, the, the racing was straight awful. And NASCAR Twitter was lighting. The fans were lighting up NASCAR because they saw what we saw, Steve where that race was pathetic. And then you sit there, and I turned on NASCAR radio on Monday. What a phenomenal race it was. And I know that those guys, you know, obviously, they're being paid by NASCAR to give their opinion. So they're all Kool-Aid drinkers and all that. But there was, you know, they would go after the people who had a problem with the finish of the race and it just well, drove me nuts i hated every second of the last 35 laps here's here's a quote from joey logano what amazing team this is oh my goodness i'm worn out i was looking in my mirror more than i was looking out the windshield the four was fast real fast on the straight uh, real straight on really fast on the straightaways dirty air was the best for us yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, Dirty air. Yep. Dirty air won the and race for Joey he... Logano as well as his uh his as well as TJ Majors did his his spotter. You know, and the thing is is that because it was Joey Logano who won, who was widely unpopular in the sport, that was the comeback that most of the talking heads had. Oh, well, if it was Chase Elliott who did it, we'd all be celebrating it as a fantastic race. I don't think so. I think even Chase Elliott fans would have realized this sucks and, you know, still would have had a problem with the product no matter who won. Yeah, here's here's an interesting uh, tweet from NASCAR Brawl. Uh, welcome to NASCAR in 2020. Clean air is king. Leaders blocking to manipulate the air and using the dirty air off of lap cars to win cup races. To the 10% to the 10% of the fans that think it was a good race, that's awesome. To the 90% of the fans voicing their opinions, I feel for you. That pretty much sums up uh, what what my opinions are too. Yeah, it um, it was absolutely brutal. I give. Uh... Jeff Gluck some credit because he sat there and, you know, gave his, his thoughts on the race too. And they weren't, uh, they weren't very positive and it's good to hear somebody, you know, who, while I don't think, uh, you know, he writes for the athletic and, and stuff like that. So he's not employed by NASCAR, but he's tied into 
you know, with uh-huh. all those guys. And for him to sit there and give an honest opinion of the race and not the Kool-Aid version is is refreshing. Yeah, and, it, you know, it, 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 what was really telling Jeff were, were the in-car cameras where all you hear them is on, you know, 100% on the accelerator, grinding it around, around all through the, you know, grinding it through the track. You know, maybe once in a while they'd have to let off coming off a four or something if they had a push or the car got a little bit loose. But, I mean, that's not racing. I mean, there's a lot of criticism with the with, with the old Indy Racing League back in the back in the 2000s because they would they, when they were running at tracks like Kansas or Chicagoland or or Michigan it was the same thing where you know they, there was no letting off the gas they were they were wide open all the way around however with the uh, w- with the aero package they ran back then you could uh, you know it, it was more of a pack racing and with the package they had, you could actually get some momentum and, and make passes. With this one, though, there is so much dirty air. And the cars, you know, I mean, let's face it. The reason why the road courses have been competitive is because you have to slow down. You have to brake. And, and and then you get a you get a situation where, where guys can manage their brakes, they can manage their tires, and you, get, you have some give and take where it's not just where a guy is just driving around and I've said this before, and and get two TVs and you can see the difference why NASCAR is having a bit of an issue. Politics aside, with with what's going on in the world of uh, uh, in, in the NFL, though. But you look at a football game, and then you look at like last week at Kansas, where it is literally just cars going around in a circle. It's very frustrating when you got people when you see bodies being you know flying all over the field and catches and whatnot and. And, and interceptions and stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, activity for the eyes on that one TV, whereas the other TV, you know, it's just cars going around, nice and rhythm, and it almost puts you to sleep, Jeff. Yeah, it does. And I'll tell you, you know, obviously I'm not a huge fan of road course racing, especially in NASCAR, but I started to change my mind, and I've complained a lot that they have too many uh, – road courses on the schedule again for next year but if i never have to sit through a race like we had last week at kansas again you know that was like being locked at home and your wife has the remote and if it's if you're at the pipe bomb house and the wife has a remote it's some kind of real housewives of god knows where marathon which, you know, puts you, you know, uh, 10 steps closer to suicide. And that NASCAR race did the same thing. It was so frustrating and brutal. And this is the playoffs. And this is how you want to sit there and pick your champion because somebody can, you know, dirty, uh, dirtify the air on the car behind you to make it impossible to pass for the lead. It, sucked on so many levels yeah here's another interesting tweet i thought this is good from uh, nick winnard uh that i saw uh a bit more in the nascar race yesterday i hated the final run but my girlfriend loved it until i explained dirty air and what was happening her take then changed to well that's stupid why even race the casual fans may be capitate might might be cap (laughs) captivated by it but as they learn they will get fed up too 
And you know, he talk when 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 you're talking to us right now, yeah, we are certainly frustrated by it. So, um, yeah, when 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 you're when people are talking more about the spotter than the driver, that, that that that's an issue with the sport, Jeff. Yeah, it is, and you know, we we've talked about it a lot with the the way the cars are set up, and you know, Dennis Michelson who will be on here at the bottom of the hour. You know, uh, we're all in agreement that they need to change the setup of the cars to sit there and improve the racing. And NASCAR just does not want to do it. And uh, and this is what we're stuck with. You know, I was sitting there this morning, Steve, thinking, and this hopefully is my last complaint about NASCAR of the day, because I really don't want to sit there and trash right. uh, NASCAR for the entire show. But I will tell you, I was thinking about it this morning. And in the last round of the playoffs, you had Vegas, which, you know, Kurt Busch won. So a, a long shot driver won. And uh, and that was, you know, that was exciting, even though Vegas, for the most part, is just kind of a ho-hum track. But then you had the unknowns of Talladega and Martinsville. And now in this round, you get Kansas, puke. You get Texas, nah. You know, and then you have Martinsville, where if you're stuck on the outside uh, lane and a late restart, you're totally screwed. So it seems like, you know, the second round of the playoffs was the exciting round. And this round is kind of the ho-hum, we'll throw some boring tracks at you uh, and try to let the cream, I guess, rise to the top. But... uh you know, Kevin Harvick had a faster car than Joey Logano and, and you know, couldn't show it. Alex Bowman uh, got to uh, the back bumper of Harvick and the same thing happened to him. It just, you know, you, it's so it's so painful. It's so painful. And I don't understand why you sit there and you group these tracks together. Uh, you, you know, this is when you should be showcasing what's best of your sport. And they yep. definitely did not do that last week. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more NASCAR. We're actually get into uh, what happened a little bit more last week, especially on the Xfinity side, too. This week, of course, we have Texas Motor Speedway. And uh, we'll see what, what happens this week. We'll give our predictions, too, later in the show. Plus, uh, we have Dennis Michelson coming on the show. And we're going to talk a little bit about the NASCAR charter system, too. You know, you hear a lot about charters, and especially now towards the end of the year, there's some charters being exchanged. And uh, Dennis and, and I uh, and uh, Jeff will kind of walk you through a little bit of what that means for the teams and what the charter system actually means. Uh, and and uh, are they really worth it? And are they doing kind of what NASCAR intended for them to do in the first place. And then in the second hour, we're going to talk with Jim Trado from Mav TV, talk about the, the ARCA series and, and uh, also his travels uh, throughout the nation this year. Looking forward to that. Also, uh, Steve Wittich from IndyCar Racing will be joining us. And we'll talk about some news, uh, some Indy Lights news that came across so some of us may find interesting. Plus, the IndyCar finale at St. Pete, where he's at and qualifying is occurring today. Also, Eddie Lapine from Racing Nation is down there we'll chat with uh, eddie lapine and uh, also get some indycar news from him too so lots of uh, lots to talk about uh in the world of auto racing this weekend so uh stay tuned and we'll be back after this on the final inspection show 
Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zatia along with the Polish Pipe. I'm Jeff Orlowski. And uh, let's uh, start with what uh, in the world of uh, NASCAR last week. And uh, I tell you what, Chase Briscoe in the Xfinity Series race after the show last week, uh, winning the Kansas Lottery 300 uh, to punch his ticket for the, the championship four in Phoenix. Uh, pretty neat deal uh, to watch his kid and watch his uh, career uh, f- I just ascend, I guess, is the word you could use. Uh, it was Briscoe's first win at Kansas, his series leading ninth of the season, his 11th. 11- 80 career Xfinity uh, series starts and of course the other news uh, him going in the 14 car which makes a lot of sense and, and Jeff it, it's kind of cool I guess you know last, last segment I guess we were talking a little bit on on what's wrong with the world of NASCAR but Chase Briscoe at this this point is what's good in the world of NASCAR you got a basically a, 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 a American sprint car driver from the Midwest from southern Indiana goes down starts driving stock stock cars gets the attention of the Ford Motor Company who takes him uh, takes him under their arm so to speak and and has kind of guided him through his uh, career through the Xfinity series and now uh, he'll be running cup full-time next year yeah, congratulations to Chase Briscoe. He straight dominated that race at Kansas. And, uh, you know, obviously with the nine wins in the Xfinity Series, which he called, by the way, he said it would take eight or nine wins. This was at the beginning of the season in the Xfinity Series this year for him to move up to Cup. That was what he thought. And, you know, with uh, with a few races to go, he's already at nine. So, good for him uh you know i think that he's got a real shot to make uh to make a a good impression and and have a bunch of success in the cup series running for stewart haas one of the top teams in nascar doesn't hurt at all either yeah and then uh, on the cup side uh you know it's joey logano who uh, led for the final 45 laps, as we uh, talked about in the last segment, uh, finishing just ahead of Kevin Harvick. Uh, So Logano punches his ticket for the championship four as he tries for his second uh, NASCAR uh, uh, Cup Series title. And, you know, we were critical of of Logano and and how he won, but he's just playing the system at this point, uh, Jeff, and, you know, finishing ahead of Harvick. And kind of lost in the mix was, uh, you know, Alex Bowman finishing third. Uh, and, and the Hendrick team, you know, if you look at what the Hendrick team is, is doing there, uh, you had Alex Bowman in third. You had Chase Elliott in sixth and William Byron in eighth. Uh, pretty good day for uh, Hendrick Motorsports. Where was Jimmy Johnson? Uh, it doesn't matter. He's done. <laughs> Yeah, I've been saying yeah, that all that, year. Uh, I love Jimmy Johnson, and, and, and yeah, he's been good for the sport. But I mean, let's face it, it, it's like that. You know, I hate to say it, but it's kind of like that that quarterback that maybe stayed around a a, a a year too long. I mean, it's interesting how he it's dropped off. And I, I to be honest, I just think he's it's not it's not fun for him anymore. And you look at what. If you look at what the time Jimmy Johnson came into the sport, Jeff, 
in, in you know in, in 99 with the Bush series at the old Bush series and that and then into the Cup series with the 48 car new team and where that sport was at this point and where they are now and how where the racing is now and who he's racing against. I mean, he came into the sport racing against Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Sr. and now he's racing against punks like Joey Logano. I I would I would I would feel the same way about Jimmy Johnson. Right, but more uh, realistically, Steve, now he's running against Corey LaJoy, and he's running <laughs> against, you know, the whole Daniel Suarez and the whole squad of guys that are fighting for 25th every week. So, but yes, the the t- Team Hendrick, they, you know, they're getting hot at the right time. They figured out why they weren't having the speed in the middle of the season, and uh Alex Bowman has quietly turned in a, a, a good a good handful of uh, great finishes lately, and um, he's made himself a contender. You know, I don't think anybody would be surprised if if Bowman ends up in victory lane tomorrow and punching his ticket to Phoenix. I think he's got as good of a shot as anybody, pretty much outside of Kevin Harvick, who's won the last two playoff races in a row at Texas. So he uh, obviously enters as the overwhelming favorite, but uh, you know, uh, and you can't count Chase Elliott. You know, he's a factor in uh, in the race every week. So it uh, it's getting interesting, and uh, you know, it's good for Hendrick that they've figured out how to finally compete with more cars than just the nine. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, let's take a quick break and we'll bring uh, Dennis Michelson from DMAC Media into the mix here. We'll get some of his feedback. We'll talk more about uh, Texas coming up this weekend as well as uh, all, the, all the happenings in the world of NASCAR. Lots of stuff happening uh, regarding silly seasons. So uh, we'll take a break here when we come back. More on the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. Final inspection. Final inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out DavidHobbs.com for all the best and new and certified used Hondas at DavidHobbs.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Dennis Michelson from D-Mike Media. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Mr. Zaki, how the heck are you doing today, young man? We're doing fantastic, especially after uh, last night's uh, football game. The Wisconsin Badgers, uh, the debut team for the Big Ten uh, Conference. And I, I tell you what, uh, the football world is was introduced to Graham Mertz last night. And uh, I know guys like Gary Ellerson on Big Show will be more than happy to talk about that on Monday, uh, Monday afternoon. But it, it was really exciting watching this kid. And it's funny how, you know, Jack Cohn is the starter and gets hurt. And, and I mean, it, it makes, I mean, it, it, he's done. <laughs> it's Graham Mertz. I mean, they were, they were joking that, uh, uh, that, that Jack Cohn should be working on, uh, <laughs> transferring, transferring after that performance last night. So, uh, tip of the hat to Graham Mertz. I mean, fantastic 
debut. And I mean, Sports Center last night was all gaga about him. Uh, yeah, but Steve, slow it down. It was against the Illini. It's not like it was <laughs> against a Division One him. team. You know, I know it was a revenge game because hell froze over and Illinois won last year, but it's not like they were playing Ohio State or Alabama. It was freaking Illinois. Yeah, but he was. It was. It was fun. Uh, especially, you know, it's. Wisconsin's not known. I mean, Wisconsin was so is awesome. It's a running school. It's a running school, and it's interesting. Uh, it'll be in, it, see as the season progresses. Is this is how how the game plan went yesterday? Is this how uh, the Wisconsin offense is going to be? And if it's su- successful, uh, uh, you know, tip of the hat to Paul Christen is his crew for being able to, you know, uh, there's a football adage that you, you, you don't just force players into play in a certain way, but you, you kind of mold your system to, to bring out the best out of your players. And that could be what's happening in Madison this year. Yeah, could be. All right, Dennis, Texas. And uh, I got a kick out of this. Uh, with the new qualifying procedure, Kevin Harvick's going to be on the pole with Joey Logano next to him. And uh, it's been a winner, I think, the last five weeks or so. It's basically been a race winner on the pole. And you wonder if NASCAR says, eh, let's flip-flop him this week because nobody knows how this new qualifying procedure works anyways. So we'll, we'll put uh, Harvick on the pole. Yeah, it's a, it's a mix between, as I understand it, uh, your points position, your fastest lap, and whatever NASCAR wants for a good show at the start of the race. I believe that's how it all factors in. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I, we, we've been a big advocate of, uh, you know, inverting the top, at least top 10 or 12, That's or if not the whole field. Let's change it up. Let's have some fun. Let's make 2020 interesting. It's been interesting but interesting in a good way, Dennis. It would be kind of fun if they made the uh, playoff guys start in the last four positions. You know, if you're Ooh. if you're going to have a if you're going to have a playoff, you're going to want to show who is the best. Why not make them work for it? You know, if you're not going to have qualifying, and you're going to change and you're going to sort of hand select things, why not make it more difficult? for the playoff drivers and make it a little more interesting. You know, if, well, in this case, the eight guys, in, in this case, with it being the final eight, but you have them start at the end of the field and you even invert those eight. So the points leader or anyone who's won a race to get the automatic berth into the next round has to start shotgun on the field. I, I would like to see that. I would, uh, you know, Let's let's spice things up a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you, Dennis. I think that, uh, you know, a lot of drivers who aren't in uh, the playoffs and, you know, if you're not one of the uh, the last eight that's standing right now and you think that they're going to show you on TV with the exception of when they do the starting lineup you know, you're completely out of your mind because they're just going to focus on these eight guys. And the fans are the same way. You know, imagine if you're a fan of, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, Corey LaJoy or, you know, you're you're one of uh, Timmy Hill's six fans. 
you're part of uh, Danielle, uh, Daniel's Amigos. You know, those guys don't get any coverage at all because they're not in the playoffs and they're not running towards the front. This way you would get more sponsors on TV, more drivers talked about, and I think it would increase the fans' interest as well. Well, in the case of, of the way NASCAR has turned into, especially at the intermediate tracks, it's all about track position. I mean, we even saw that last week at Kansas where guys on newer tires couldn't make a run. It was all clean air. If you got the clean air on the nose, you were, you're going to take off. You're going to get ahead. And, you know, why not make the playoff guys show what they're all about by making them earn it? You know, you race your way from the back to the front, and, you know, then then you've really shown that you're an amazing driver and, you know, might add a little more life to things. I mean, that race at Kansas wasn't bad last week, but it also wasn't all that great. It was a case where it was close competition, but there wasn't a lot of passing, and the passing for the lead happened on pit lane. Yeah, and yeah, it, it, it sure did. Me and Steve talked about that in the first couple segments, how uh, we were just absolutely furious watching it and how boring those last 40 laps were, even though Harvick never got more than three seconds behind Joey Logano. It, uh, you know, instead of being a exciting race for the lead, it just became a repetitive accordion of get to the back bumper and then fall back three seconds. It was brutal. Uh, I thought some some news that broke to this morning, which uh, I thought was kind of interesting, that the Xfinity and Truck Series will be joining the Cup Series at the Circuit of Americas in 2021. And uh, that should be two entertaining shows, uh, Jeff and Dennis. The interesting thing will be to see if there's going to be a return to typical formats, you know, if you're, if you're going to go to a track where nobody has ever raced before and you have guys that are not particularly fluent at road courses and all of a sudden you put them on a tough track like Coda, you better be giving them some practice before you do that. Or it could be, uh, could be quite interesting, but, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised by that because I, I think they're trying to make that into a big showcase race weekend. And I'm just not so sure how that's going to go. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see the trucks and I'd like to see Xfinity race more short tracks than anything else. Yeah, me too. But I think uh, I think having all three at Coda is going to be successful especially from a fan standpoint, because you look at the tracks, you know, fans don't want to sit there and for the most part, and uh, maybe I'm just talking me personally, but, you know, if you're going to go down to, you know, like Kansas, that doesn't sound as exciting as going to Vegas or going to Austin or, you know, going to Nashville though that's where the fun is that's you know that's a full weekend not just all the excitements at the track
I don't know. I think we might have lost Dennis. Uh, also, no, of course, in the other news is uh, the the 43 car in which uh, Eric Jones, which has been rumored, uh, Jeff, uh, Eric Jones went to the 43 car. And you wonder, you know, it, I, I, I guess you're, you're, you're happy if you're Eric Jones to be still running a full-time schedule. Uh, do you think this could be a reboot? Is this, I mean, you, you just wonder... You know, it's a situation where sometimes it just doesn't work out at a team. And, and we and we saw this with Kyle Busch, you know, at Hendrick Racing. It didn't really work out there. He goes to Joe Gibbs Racing, and, he, and it works out very well, and, and others. So you wonder, is is could this be a bit of a reboot? Is he just, uh, you know, what, what's the future for Eric Jones? Not good if he stays in the 43. I think Eric Jones needs to sit there and try – you know, obviously he wants to stay in the cup series and it's great that he's got a full-time ride for next season and, and can stay at that level and didn't have to drop down to Xfinity. But, you know, with the exception of Daytona, Talladega, and maybe one or two tracks besides that during the year, there is no way he's going to be in competitive equipment. So he better hope that silly season is pretty active next year and he's able to get a, another ride and get the hell away from the 43. Yeah, this isn't yeah. a situation like back in the day with Kyle Busch where people knew he was talented and it was more of a of a personal thing. You know, he didn't fit well. He didn't mesh, mesh well with the team. This is a case where he has just underperformed in really good equipment. Um, it makes sense that he ends up at a much lesser team, but for Eric Jones, it's still better getting a cup paycheck, even with the back marker middle of the pack team than it is trying to hope you catch on with an Xfinity or a truck team. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I tell you what, let's take a quick break. Cause I want to get into this charter system thing with NASCAR, which we, we ran out of time, unfortunately last week to talk about. So let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk more with Dennis Michelson, uh, NASCAR and the charter system coming up next on the final inspection system show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union, Union Grove. Union Grove, Great Lakes Dragway is open this weekend. The sun is out. Make sure you get out there. As they said on their Facebook page earlier today, it is crisp outside and the track is fast. So get out to Great Lakes Dragway for some fun racing this weekend. Joining us once again on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, along with the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski, it is Dennis Michelson. And uh, Dennis, uh, we're going to talk about the charter system. Of course, now the charter system, if I recall, was uh, introduced in 2016, which was basically give the owners kind of a, uh, a stake in the sport. And they renewed this agreement, I think it was at the beginning of uh, this year. It's going to run through 2024, which is interesting because that's, that's as long as the current television contract uh, runs through. 
but kind of walk us through the charter system as well as uh, what's happened this week along with uh, w- with that Archie St. Hilaire ownership and some other idiosyncrasies about that, Dennis. Yeah, the, the whole idea was really good. It was similar to, you know, for Michigan ball sports fans, it's like having a franchise. And uh-huh. you own a you own a piece of the of an entry that you know then has value. If you decide to get out of the business, you've got something to sell other than used cars and used parts and a building. It, the The theory was good. The only problem is there isn't this huge number of people wanting to come into auto racing as there is in other groups. And case in point, we had, you know, we saw Furniture Row win a championship and decide to get out of the business because it just wasn't profitable to them. Uh, If they weren't going to, you know, go ahead and find other sponsorships and, you know, other ways of making money other than the purse money. So what ended up happening that really sort of ticked a lot of people off, Spire uh, the company uh, before they became Spire Motorsports, they were helping Furniture Row Racing in trying to secure some more sponsorship, and they were representing Furniture Row, and so they were representing Furniture Row when it came to selling the charter. Nobody wanted to buy the charter, and Spire has other teams that they work with in the sport that it was lucrative to them not to devalue what a charter was going for. So they bought it for the same value that the last charter had sold for. And that's why they got into motorsports. And so this next plan here with, with the charter being sold here, uh, kind of uh, almost like a ride sharing deal uh, for lack of a better description it is all happening because there's just no value to these charters. So You'd rather get something than nothing. And it sort of has become a regular thing of of a couple of teams getting together to almost share a charter, for lack of a better description. So it's just been a a situation where it's a great idea on the surface. But if you don't have 10 or 15 other people, meaning from Xfinity or, or trucks, for instance, they want to move up to cup that, you know, have developed their team and now want to move up to cup. If you don't have a constant stream of at least three or four people wanting to get up into cup, those charters have absolutely no value. And that's what we're seeing with the cup system right now. Yeah. And the latest one is the, as we mentioned was, um, I just lost my note here. Well, but it's the Matt Tiff. Uh, the yeah. Matt Tiff, uh, BJ McLeod uh, team bought a chart week, and they're going to run it as the 91 next year. So it, it, it's it, it kind of it goes into like having a back in the old days, uh, you know, 10, 10, 15 years ago, Dennis, when you had the uh, provisional system and you wanted to be, you know, you wanted to have that security of being in the race, and this this kind of continues that too. But, um, yeah, it's certainly interesting, the the, the, the charter system, Jeff. Uh, any any feedback on your side on this? 
Well, I think that it is, uh, it's a broken system when you got, you know, Spire who had three charters and weren't running one car in it and they just sat there and leased them out. And, right. you know, it is a good idea. I think it, uh, on its face, you know, it, it guarantees you a starting spot every week. So, you know, especially for the teams that aren't well-funded and there are many, uh, you know, at least they're guaranteed to make the show every week. But, uh, you know, as with all things and all rules, you know, people find a way to, to skirt them in, in their favor. You know that when NASCAR came up with the system, they didn't expect a guy to have three charters and no teams running. So, uh, you know, it, they took advantage of the system. But I think that, uh, you know, you see with, track house from um uh justin mark's new team and then you got you know hamlin and jordan and uh coming in and stuff like that hopefully there's renewed interest and that would drive up the prices of these charters but only time will tell yeah and that's that's the problem with spire is they were trying to actively sell the charters but nobody would take them so they bought them you know and that's sort of you know, it was that the right thing to do or would have been the, the right thing just to leave the charters unbought and all of a sudden there's absolutely no value for the team for it. So it, it, it's just a case where it's a great idea, but there's no value to these things. You know, there's what's a guarantee worth when it really doesn't buy you, you know, when there isn't 60 cars showing up at Daytona. There's, there's just not a value to that when there aren't more cars than spots in the race. Yeah, good stuff, yeah, that's Dennis. A good point. Um, we're coming up on top of the hour here. Time for a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Jim Trado, uh, talk some more auto racing. But uh, Dennis, thank you for one, once again taking time out of your busy schedule. And uh, of course, we got racing season kicking in with your D Mike Media, but also fakepigskin.com and what's the latest uh, there Dennis oh just having a good time providing the best coverage of fantasy football for everyone and best news of all is Danville Dashers hockey season scheduled to become or begin on December 18th so there will be minor league uh, hockey uh, here in uh, in 20 uh, 2020 2021 season after all uh, knock on wood and cross your fingers and hope, but uh, that's going to be coming up uh, soon as well. All right. Very good, Dennis. Certainly appreciate it. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk with Jim Trado coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.